Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, February 18th, we look at Lesson 7, Unto the Least of These. Together, let's see how God asked us to help Him take care of those who need it. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, Michael, we're at Lesson 7, Unto the Least of These, Matthew 25, verse 34, New King James Version. It's our memory text. Mm-hmm. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Uh, I love this because later we'll see that when you've done one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me, which is why the lesson's called Unto the Least of These. So, Michael, tell us about the, the, the man, the deity who actually embodied that, the life and ministry of Jesus, Sunday's lesson. Absolutely. So... You know, there's the, the focus of, of Sunday's lesson is about the experience of Christ that's recorded in Luke chapter 14, 16 and 19, uh, familiar story of Jesus going to Nazareth and he goes to the synagogue and it says, as was his custom, right? So this is right. his, his his usual practice, but he, he stands up to read and he reads from Isaiah, which is also the passage that's uh, cited here as well from Isaiah chapter 61 verses one and two. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I I just think that this is uh, incredible. And and you have to remember that many of the people in the, the first century were looking for a militant messiah that would conquer their foes and make them reign supreme and and this is basically it was countercultural to what a lot of the expectations were expectations of uh you know ethnocentric exaltation if to I don't know how to say this in a, a better way, but the idea that, you know, the, the looking at themselves with yeah. as being superior yep. than, than everyone else. And so, Hey, so, so I, I think a desire of ages, it calls it national and spiritual pride, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, nationalism, I guess. Right. Yes, I mean, this, yes. this is what it call it out for what it is, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, and, and so uh, Jesus comes along and he doesn't meet their set of expectations, but yet these are clearly a messianic, prophecy of who the messiah would be and jesus saw this as clearly describing who he saw himself to be as as the messiah as, as the savior of the world and um and and it's these characteristics good news to the poor freedom mm, for prisoners yes. sight for the blind the oppressed free um these kinds of things that that show um that that what jesus was all about was ministering to others i love it and so, uh, and and I think this is the kingdom of God. Is is, it is is the kingdom of God's always been not about the rich and the powerful, although God wants Nicodemuses too, right? <laughs> but but uh, it reaches down to the to the lowest depths of humanity and and lifts people up, and and that's that's just part of the beauty of the gospel. It's the beauty of who Jesus is and the character of God, the selfless love of God that uh, is willing to take anyone, anyone, 
truly anyone and uh, and transform uh, his or her life into the image um, in, 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 into the fullness of what God wants. I mean, everyone's already made in the image of God, right? As, but but to, to experience the fullness of what, what Jesus wants. And, and so this is what Jesus was all about. We're talking about the least of these. Jesus was where the least were. He didn't try to be aloof from them. He didn't try to avoid them. He was right there uh, front and center. So uh, pretty cool. Um, which brings us to the point of the whole biblical narrative that um, that God has a provision for the poor, which takes us to Monday's lesson. Yeah, you know, Michael's interesting because uh, the children of Israel, when they were looking for the Messiah, they were looking for the kingly properties, the one who's going to be like Saul, head and shoulders above the people and lead the revolt against Rome and uh, kick them out with the sword. But mm-hmm. Christ came with his priestly properties. I mean, he was king, but he came to proclaim his priest. And priest, as you know, Michael, one of their uh, duties was to look after the widow and the orphaned and the poor. And we see this uh, provision of the poor that's being given there in Luke uh, Leviticus 23, verse 22. And I have it here pulled up. So uh, it's when, like they, they weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Right. They weren't. Uh, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleaming from your forest. You shall leave mm-hmm. them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Uh, and it, it and it doesn't uh, only say that for, for them, but also Deuteronomy 15, verse 11, for the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you, saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and to and your needy in your land. Uh, this is something that God is asking them to do, to make provision for. This is not something that just Christ did there in the New Testament. This is part of God's character there in the Old Testament. He cares about, yes, the sparrow right. of the field, but he also cares about our brother and sister that are in hard times. And sometimes it's so easy to look at those who are considered least of these and saying, you know what, they're there because they're poor decisions, because of drugs, because of alcohol. But we have no idea oftentimes, and we are called to do what we can to help those who are in need in in several different ways. And so uh, as we're we're looking at that, remembering that this has always been a part of God's character, looking after those who are considered least. uh, Let's go on into Tuesday's lesson, Michael, the rich young ruler. Yeah, this is kind of a funny lesson because it's Valentine's Day. So if you're listening to this uh, on Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not very romantic here. So, but but uh, anyways, we hope our listeners uh, have a wonderful Valentine's Day with somebody special in your life, whoever that might be. But uh, the rich young ruler is uh, again a story that um, an encounter with, with Jesus. And we don't know much about him as the lesson points out, except that he was rich and he was a ruler. Right. So he had power and he had wealth and, uh, he comes along and talks to Jesus teacher. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this, it, it, it is really, um, an amazing question to think about, you know, he's really getting at the heart of, of the whole, the whole gospel, um, and Jesus responds, Jesus responds and he says, well, don't call me good. Right. There's only one who's good, but right. kind yeah. of chasing around here a little bit. And here's the commandments. What do I still lack? 
And then he says, um, and I'm reading from the NIV, if you want to be perfect, go sell the pos- your all your possessions and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. And, and, and this is where the crux is, right? This is the, the, the take home away from this is, is Jesus saying, you know, if, if any of these things are more important than having a relationship with me, then you've kind of missed the boat, you missed the point, you've missed actually the eternal life that you're in your heart searching for, right? And of course, tragically, tragically, uh, when he heard this, it says he was sad because he had great wealth. So he, uh, the implication seems pretty obvious, right? That right. that obviously he did, he chose not to follow, not to follow Christ. And and this is, um, uh, this is, this is the thing is, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I know uh, some years ago, <clears throat> there was a scandal going on over a number of Ivy League institutions where people were basically paying bribes or large, large, very generous uh, donations to the school and everything else to help uh, people to look favorably on their children to make sure that they got into some of the elite schools mm. um, and and that sort of thing. Right. And right. And, and Jesus is kind of making the point. Um and the kingdom of heaven, there's no, uh, you know, fast track or priority or special phone line where only the very elitist, <laughs> the elite, you know, get special favors and privileges. Um, instead, it's it's the opposite. Um, and so, yeah, so that that's what's going on. And that brings us to Wednesday's le- lesson where we have uh, the story of, of Zacchaeus. Yeah. And so. I, I like how this lesson is compounding, Michael, uh, going there and starting with the life and ministry of Jesus and then jumping down here to the rich young ruler and now Zacchaeus. And even mm-hmm. our quote here at the end, I'll, I'll read it there at the end, makes a correlation between Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler. But mm-hmm. here we see the difference between, uh, it says, what what were the differences between the this uh, rich rich man's experience with Jesus and that of this rich young ruler? And we see here Zacchaeus climbs the sycamore tree, invites Jesus, and there in his presence, and I don't think with, a, with with very much prompting, I think hearing the messages of Jesus, he decides to pay everyone back. And I, I'm, I'm quoting off the top of my head, but I think it's fourfold, right? Uh, so I'm going to give everyone back uh, what I took from them times a certain amount. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go here. I think it's there starting at verse uh, verse seven. But when he, they saw it, they all complained saying, has he gone to be uh, the guest uh, with this man who was a sinner? And Zacchaeus stood up and said, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. If I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold, right? So in other words, I give back, I give half of everything I own to the poor and anything I've stolen from anyone. So as a tax collector, uh, you owe a dollar in taxes. And he went back and said, I actually owe $2 in taxes. And so he's saying, now I'm going to give back fourfold what I stole from them. So I'm going to give them $4 uh, for what I've stolen. So someone might look at that and be like, oh, he only gave half his goods to the poor. Well, I think the other half of his riches was given away in restitution. Uh, and, and and so this quote that I was talking about, Michael, it's very mm-hmm. important to to read this. Uh, this is from The Desire of Ages, uh, page 555. When the rich young ruler had turned away from Jesus, the disciples had marveled at their master saying how hard it is to, uh, to, uh, for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. 
and they exclaimed and they asked who can be saved now they had demonstrate uh now they had a demonstration of the truth of Christ's words the things which were impossible with men are possible and they saw how through the grace of God a rich man could enter into the kingdom and so Zacchaeus saying I'm going to restore and I'm going to give back out of character of obedience uh he was restored and we see how uh, someone who is rich can actually enter the kingdom by trusting and placing their treasures not into heaven, as we were uh, talked about last week, but or trust trusting their treasures here on earth, but putting their treasures up in heaven. And so now Michael finishes up uh, here with considering the man Job, uh, once again transitioning away from putting our riches in ourselves, but putting our riches in God. Breaking into the story of Job here, we've got, uh, you know, uh, Satan kind of challenging God, you know, do you have anybody that really is faithful to you? And and, right. and God, uh, the Lord responds and says, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And so God really uh, clearly considers him as sort of, hey, here's somebody that takes um the kingdom of heaven seriously right and um and then we get a little bit more into the kind of life of generosity and, and i think this is part of you know stewardship right is is living a generous life being generous to those around oneself and being self-aware so you're not just kind of in your own little bubble living by yourself but aware of the needs of those around around you and you see this kind of self-awareness with with Job himself. And, and this is in Job 29 verses 12 through 16. I think this is a really kind of key to the whole, to the whole gospel um, and the whole theme that we're discussing here this week. It states, uh, and again, I'm reading NIV, because I rescued the poor who cried for help and the fatherless who had none to assist them. The one who was dying blessed me and I made the widow's heart sing. I, I, by the way, I just have to stop for a second. I mean, what, how incredible is that? I had one of my very close friends that was uh, living uh, overseas in South Africa, actually. And um, he's telling me the story over lunch this past week, how <clears throat> during COVID, everything was locked down. And they had some friends that um, they just felt impressed. They should just kind of check in. Are you guys okay? Right. They were talking about having to leave and they needed to go back. They seemed in dire straits. And they were not okay. They had not eaten Buster in two weeks. Ooh. And so they sent a text message with a little coupon that allows them to just get like groceries and stuff. They go and they, they're able to, they need food at just the right moment for their family. They're in desperation, Buster. And every week that they kept sending them a little voucher to get just enough food to kind of keep them going. And after about six months, they sent a text back. Hey, we're, we're okay again. We're okay. Thank you for the help kind of thing. And he said, you know, that just really had moved him uh, so much uh, that uh, that not only were they grateful for that, but then when they were able to get back on their feet, it wasn't like, hey, we're still taking your handouts from you. They realized, hey, we had been able to get the help we needed just when we needed when we were at our lowest moment. And and that's what I think of someone like this, you know, the widow's heart sing that there are points in people's lives where you may have the opportunity to make someone else's heart sing. That's what Job was the kind of person he was. He noticed um, these kinds of things. And I, I, he said to me that words that were very probing. What if we hadn't sent that text to just mm. check on them? 
his spouse had been kind of like, you know, hey, let's just kind of not bother them kind of thing. No, no. There's almost this intuition. No, we need to really check and make sure. Let's follow God's counsel, okay. right? Or God's yeah, prompting. exactly. So make the widow's heart sing. Anyways, verse 14, I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. That's pretty cool. And I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy and I took up the case of the stranger. And so I would just um, encourage our listeners to be thinking about, um, as you think about the story of Job, that God may put someone in your circle or sphere of influence that just lay god lays a burden on your heart for that person right and and that's what made job stand apart it wasn't that he was you know how he was like a super uh spiritual hero right that he was right. superman or the ubermensch he he really just was allowing god to work in and through him and that was that perfection that uprightness um it wasn't wasn't a status it was a a sense of character and i i think this is one of the things i try to emphasize to adventists a lot because we tend to think of it as like a list of deeds if i give so many dollars or so much stuff to the poor then therefore i'm a good person versus it's um, character development is i it's not only just the fact that you're giving stuff but it's being spiritually attuned and aware of the needs of others around you. And that kind of maturity takes spiritual eye self, I guess the, this, the Bible likes the you know, discernment or that prism or lens that allows right. you to kind of look around you and see and notice um, other people in need. Job had that spiritual maturity, that discernment that allowed him to notice. And that's what really made Job stand apart. It is. No, and I love those insights and those highlights. Those are aspects we oftentimes don't think about, but this is once again a part of his character. And I'm so glad you were able to highlight, Michael. Yeah, well, you know, and and it just sometimes God has a funny way of surprising you. He wasn't, you know, if anything, this was kind of like, hey, can you believe? I can't believe, you know, I'm shocked. But, <laughs> but it's living that spirit of generosity. And uh, so I challenge our listeners think, let the Holy Spirit open your eyes, open my eyes. Um, to the needs of of those in our in our midst. Well, I think we've uh, covered this uh, pretty well for another lesson, and uh, I'm trying to get special guests. I don't want to to um, I don't want to give it away, but uh, keep tuning back into Adventist uh, Sabbath School Rescue as we are uh, continuing through the Sabbath School lesson. But watch for for some special uh, guest cameo appearances in the next uh, in the next few episodes. Sounds great. Well. That puts a wrap for another week. So this is uh, Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.